the strongest stars have hearts of Kaiba. I'm one with the force of forces with me. Now witness the firepower of this fully armed and operational battle station. We'll use the force. That's not how the force works. Well, that starts somewhere. Welcome to the KyberCast. This is episode number 164, recorded November 17th, 2022. My name is Joe Becker. I'm one half of the KyberCast team. The other half joining me is... Michael Diaz. Hey, Michael. What's up, Joe? Another week. We've got snow up the wazoo up here in the compound. I've already done the driveway once. Uh, probably doing it tomorrow. It is crazy. We usually do not get this much snow this early in the year. I mean, yes, November we get something, but not like this. No, and it's really heavy. So, like, you know, for those out there in the Michigan area, be careful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. We're supposed to have a surprise birthday party for my, my mother's 70th tomorrow night. Uh-oh. And if we get dumped on another 6 to 12 inches, I think I'm going to have to cancel we're supposed to get that roughly well between yeah between that and saturday morning right right so we're supposed to have we're supposed to have all the kids are coming out saturday so hopefully it'll be all right well we have the msu game on saturday too the last one last home game and like we'd like to go but at the same time last year coming home from the purdue game it took us like two and a half three hours to get home Mm -hmm. which is normally like an hour ish drive that team of thugs isn't worth driving down there for (laughs) <laughs> oh, whatever. For that record and that tunnel incident, nah, that team doesn't deserve my time. Uh, I thought the Michigan player started it. Uh, it's one guy in a tunnel. I mean. Just saying. Just saying. <laughs> Anyways, this is not a sports pod. This is not a sports podcast. Yeah. It could turn into one. Um because because there's not much news this week in, in the yeah, world. I don't think we have any, do we? Well, it's all BS stuff. It's like you know, really link baby kind of stuff, and you know, yeah, I don't you know talk about that stuff too much. Um, but you know, just it's just not very strong this week with news. You know, I guess going into the new year, no one's making any big you know jumps or something. I don't right. Know. Well, you know. But, Black Panther came out, and neither of us had the opportunity to see it yet, so we're not covering that this week. Which sucks. I mean, we've just been so busy uh, between the conference that I went to and uh, coming back and work, and uh, Michelle's getting stuff done around the house for the kids to come this weekend. We just didn't, we just couldn't, we couldn't find the time to go and see the movie, which is sad, because I know it's good. It's done really well. Well, I I shouldn't say I know it's good, because I didn't see it, but from all accounts, it's a decent movie. Right. And... um, I have done my best to stay away from spoilers, so I'm sorry to our listeners. Usually we would have a review this week, but uh, just wasn't in the cards. And I, like I said, stay away from spoilers. Usually by now I would have been spoiled, so I'm, I'm surprised I haven't. I, I guess there's some twists and turns. I don't know what they are. I've just heard rumor of them, and I don't want to know until I see it. I'm hoping Sunday I can see the, see the movie. We'll see. Maybe if it stops snowing for more than a couple minutes. Well, it's good to go when it's all snowing because nobody will be there. <laughs> well, yeah, but it's hard to get there if it's snowpocalypse. Uh, I can do it. Yeah, you're where, where's the closest movie theater to you? Uh, Mount Pleasant. It's like 30 minutes. You're that close to Mount Pleasant? Mm-hmm. God, you are north. North and west, or east, rather. Right. Yeah. I didn't realize you were that close to Mount, like, Mount Pleasant. That's over an hour away. That's right. It's about 30, 40 minutes to get to your place. Makes sense. Yeah. it's. Uh, it, we didn't know where that we were that close until we drove to it. Because in, in my head, it's like the other side of the state. But it's really not. It's really in the middle. <laughs> no. It's like for me going over to 28th Street now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah. So that much going how, on. How was your uh, steampunk con? Did you sell chocolate? It was good. Uh, we did well. We did well. 
we just uh, we have a lot of fans at that show that really really like us. Um, so we we did really good. Good, really good. Uh, did you pimp the Kybercast? Uh, sorry. Did you pimp the Kybercast? Oh, oh always, always, good. always. Good man, good man, Joe. Uh, Madison, Wisconsin, interesting place. You can't, actually you, can't, you, you can't go to a liquor store after 9 p.m. They're all closed. What? Every day. No. Yes. That's some... You can't what? buy any... Because they, they want people to go to the restaurants and bars. So if you don't buy your stuff by 9 p.m., you're you're screwed. <laughs> no. Oh, no. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? You know, I remember the first time I went to um, Pennsylvania... Went to visit some friends in my 20s. And we went to a grocery store. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to pick up some liquor. They're like, you can't do that here. I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> you have to go to a state liquor store. I'm like, what? What yeah. puritanical bullshit is this? I, I go to the grocery store. It's right there. There's a whole aisle of liquor. Yeah. It's yeah. this lib- liberal Michigan state. Right. We're so um, liberal. Anyways, it was fun. Do you have any news, Michael? Did you scrounge up any news? I couldn't find anything that's really happening. I didn't. Like I said, I think it's just quiet. We're in between releases. Um, Andor's wrapping up next week. We know that. Uh, We could just said Black Panther just came out. I think everyone's kind of quiet up until when Avatar comes out next. I know you're waiting for that, Joe. Yeah, I'm so waiting. I, I, I am definitely going to wait till people go see it. Um, the irony of that movie is it's only going to, if it's going to be good, it's going to only be good in the theater. So yes. I have to see it in a the theater um, yes. uh, as a spectacle. But that doesn't mean like, again, I can't watch the avatar without that. Cause like watching on TV, it's just like, this sucks. <laughs> just I've like, watched it on a big enough screen on Blu-ray. It's decent, but it's just, you need, you're right. You got to have the IMAX. That helps. And the 3D. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's that kind of movie, but we'll see. I, you know, I, I have a, he's already, I don't know if and I did find news. Like, I think like two weeks ago or whatever, that he's already walking back, like making any more movies. Oh yeah. I think we talked about that. Did last we talk week? about that. Yeah, we did talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause originally they were going to do five. Now, yeah. now he's basically saying if this tanks, I'm done. Yeah. Which means I feel like that's a sign. <laughs> You never know. I, you know, he's taken a lot of criticism. He spent all that money on Titanic, made all the money, did the same thing with the last Avatar. Uh, the guy, well, the the closest thing he has in the last thirty years to uh, something that wasn't a hit is probably The Abyss. Which uh, that's a good movie, though. That's what I'm saying. The Abyss is a fantastic film. It was marketed wrong. Yeah. Because if you remember, during that same time period, there was a movie called Leviathan. There oh, yeah, was a movie right. called Deep Star Six. These basically alien underwater movies. And when they marketed to the Abyss, they tried to kind of market it in the same vein. And I'm like, that that's not, well, once you see it, that's not what the movie is. Right. So, anyway... That's that's the closest thing he's had to a, a flop in thirty years. Yeah. Well, we shall see. I am not gonna. No, like I said, I'm not saying that that means this is definitely going to be a hit. I'm just saying his track record's pretty good. Right. We'll see. So, anyways, wanna what about our? Uh... You want to just jump right into our geeks this week? Yeah, uh, I'm still reading the uh, Bourdain, uh, the def- definitive oral biography. That's kind of my geek thing. Though I do have, and I'll talk about it here in a minute when I talk about the GR Comic Con, I do have a massive stack of comics. From the show? From the show. Most of them I paid for. The other ones you stole? No, we'll get into that in a second, though. <laughs> oh, Okay. Um, for me, guess what I watched? I watched Black Adam. You don't have to guess because it's in the show rundown. Uh, let's say I found a way to watch it um, without going to the theater. And um, I'm glad I didn't go to the theater. 
Really? No, you know what? I shouldn't say that. It, it on the big screen, it would probably be actually more. It's kind of the Avatar thing. Like there's a lot of stuff that happened on. Um, it's just a shame they didn't write this movie very well. You know, it's just a shame because The Rock is good in it. Um, he's actually quite different in it than than the other stuff that he's in. Well, yes, he's not The Rock. No, he doesn't. You know how The Rock kind of has those funny quips and those kind of things. He's just a few, but it's just he's a lot more stoic, a lot more um, matter of fact, I guess. Less personality, I guess, is what I should say. Really? Well, that's a mistake, isn't it? Or not? Well, I don't know the Black Adam character. Like, I don't know it. So I don't know if that's how that character is. Uh, But I did like the backstory of it. Um, so that was really cool. Like the, you know, how he came to be was interesting. Uh, the same gods, well, the Egyptian version of, uh, the gods, uh, that turned him. Yeah. Which is the same names, I guess. Not the same names, but the same, um, letters. Gotcha. Um, so to me, it was, it was a fun movie. It was a fun movie. There's fun things that happen to it, happen in it, but it's not a good movie. Um, really? when, my, when your favorite part is the the uh, end, in terms of like the credits coming in, and Henry, I mean, this is no spoiler; everybody knows now. And Henry Henry Cavill comes in. Um, that was great, and it was just a second. It was just him walking up to him, basically. But the thing is about the Easter egg of that. Is that when he walked in, his suit was more colorful. He had the Superman curl. Yes. And the original music from the 79 movie played behind him. Dun, 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 yeah, which you dun. saw this, right? You knew that, right? I haven't seen none of this. However, uh, uh, never mind. I'm not going to say this publicly, but uh, yeah. I am very familiar with the Superman theme and I play it often. Well, I play it. I play on special occasions, and I won't go any further. It's one of the best uh, themes ever. Well, John Williams, I mean, yeah. it's instantly recognizable, just like the Star Wars theme, just like Indiana Jones. Just it's great, it's great to run to, by the way, if you ever go out running. Really? Or whatever. Yeah, it's excellent. I put in techno, and then I realized I start moving way faster than I should. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, not good for pacing. I mean, so Hawkman's in it. Which I kind of dug in, but the, the problem with the, with with this whole movie is he threw in Justice Society. Yep. No, nobody knows these fucking people. Like you threw all these people in with no origins. It was just it's it's like what they did with Justice League, or you know, it's like you didn't give these people any time, you know, to care about anybody. And that's a problem. Like it's always a problem if you don't care. Like I don't really care about Hawkman, and I should. He's cool. The actor was great. Like, it's not his fault. Like, it was all, like, just so paper-thin written. Just kind of uh, slapped in there? It's just, it's just there. Like, okay, they're just there all of a sudden. You're like, what? Who is this? And you can't even explain, like, you know, um, what is it? Uh, their version of Doctor Strange, in my opinion. Doctor Fate. Doctor Fate, yeah. Um, okay, but I don't know him. What does he do? What's his background? Where did he come from? Um, you know. It's just, and you got Cyclone. I don't never heard of her. I don't. I don't know any of those people other than Hawkman. <laughs> I do, but only because I'm an old school comic book geek. Right, but if you're gonna make a movie, and you need to introduce a character, isn't like you should. I don't know. It would have been much smarter to bring in actual Shazam. And that, I get fam- that. and then I get that. then these people because you've already established them, and it's the same universe, and it's the same powers like how do you write the fucking justice society make them come in at the end or make one person come like hawkman like do the do the marvel thing you know so a lot of writing problems so much writing and it's just uh there's a lot of action but there's a lot of tropes that you know don't quite work out they got the funny brother that's in there it's kind of like the guy from uh the uh, peña's character in ant-man it's kind of a rip, oh, off yeah. of, a rip off of him, which he's awesome. But um, I mean, there's some good stuff, but it, it, it's a shame because I think it could have been a really if they spent the time. I'm not saying they shouldn't. You know, I know I know it's been a big project for The Rock and not like he's going to listen to this show. If he does, we, he can talk about it with us. Um, 
I mean, it's, it's a shame to come on. Yeah, one, absolutely. It's a shame. You could tell it's a passion project of his, and I really wanted it to be good, but it just felt maybe it just it just needed another pass or, or just a, a different way of, of coming about it. But uh, a lot of flying, a lot of CGI. Um, yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame. I can't talk to you really. I mean, you don't really know, but. Uh, uh, I'll watch it. I'll watch it soon enough. It'll be on HBO, and then we can. Get, and we'll be a little behind, but we can do it more in depth when it comes. Yeah, HBO. I think a lot of people will watch it on HBO, so it will be behind, but it will still be relevant. Um, it is. I mean, it is successful. It did very well, hundreds of millions of dollars. But it, it, didn't, make it, it, it didn't make its money back. It hasn't yet. Not that I'm aware of. Really? Well, if it doesn't play in China, there's a loss right there. Well, right. I don't think it did play in China. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. it's made hundreds of millions of dollars, but how many hundreds of millions of dollars did it cost? I think it was over $220 million and plus that in uh, marketing. Marketing, right? So it only made $352 million right now. Which so. is still it's a respectable sum. Remember when a movie made over $100 million? You're like, what? Yeah, it's all about the cost, though, right? Exactly, exactly. But I did see an interesting stat that uh, Black Panther made in three days what Black Adam made in three weeks. Right. Now, they have a much better uh, ramp up. (laughs) Well, now that we have the two co-chair people running the DCU, maybe they'll have better direction. Maybe. I hope so. I mean, uh, I did hear something about them from them. It's not necessarily news saying that there's, they're, they're going to try and get back to a one, you know, he's like, uh, I think, I don't know which one says Zaslav or somebody said, uh, there's not going to be like four Batman. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think he did say that. Yeah. There's, you know, there might, fine. doesn't mean there won't be two, <laughs> you know, the Robert Pattinson, get those three out of the way or whatever. Well, like I said, DC has an interesting opportunity with the flash film because everything we know so far is that it's going to be a soft out. reboot, right? So that's not going to be released. If it's ever released, it's, it's going to be a soft reboot because they're doing the flashpoint star story. That's how we're going to see Ben Affleck. That's how we're going to see Michael Keaton. Will we see Robert Pattinson? I really want to see the really bad Batgirl movie now. Batgirl movie now. I really want to see it too. I, I want to, because of Michael Keaton, like, oh, you just fucked him over. What it take to get him to play him again, and then you just cut it, like just stop it. That just kind of blows. Throw it on HBO Max, get it over with. Apparently, they got a huge tax break by writing it all off. Well, it's got, it's it's gonna come out at some point. Someone's gonna have a bootlegs. I don't know so, if it's in the vault. Yeah, well, we it's unfortunate. See. It is unfortunate. Anyways, you know, it was okay. Could have been better. Should have been better. So there you go. That's by Geek this week. And slight review. And again, we will cover this more in depth once I hit HBO Max. Yep. All right, let's move on. We have a Patreon page. Uh, and I just want to thank all our Patreon members that are there now. It's uh, a tremendous honor to have you uh, listen to us and uh, support us in that way. It really, really means a lot. So thank you all for, for helping us out. Um, if you want to check us out or help us out, go to patreon.com slash kybercast. And as we get towards the end of the year, uh, Michael and I will probably sit down and talk about how we can actually better use Patreon and to do things to really make that work uh, better for our listeners and, I don't know, with content or something. So, Well, that's a good question for our listeners, the ones that are currently Patreon members. What would you like to see as a Patreon member? What kind of bonus material would you find beneficial. Yep. That'd be great. Maybe it's be a part of the podcast, you know, come in for an episode. That could be cool. If someone's willing to do that. Uh, I don't know. We'll talk about it uh, in the off hours. Um, Well, I guess we could jump right into our main topic. Mike, why don't you talk to us about uh, the GR Comic-Con of which I could not go. Uh, you went. It's you know it was our first Comic Con. We we definitely have to go to a con next year. We have to pick one and do something. Yes. Uh, so we went way back in what 2019. We went to the con. Yeah. Obviously, uh, you know, had a table, all that. That was the uh, last big one. We had those real people there. Uh, my Greedo. He's back there. My Greedo 
signatures and all that stuff. Oh, I think uh, was Mike Zek there that then, or was it the year previous? Anyhow, I got a bunch of stuff from Mike Zen one of the years I went. Got a bunch of stuff signed by him. I think it was a different year, but anyway, um, yeah, twenty twenty was obviously canceled for obvious reasons. Twenty twenty one, I think you were uh, you were gone. You're something you couldn't go. I went for same a thing. day. It was the same thing. Conf- same uh, thing? The, yeah, the conference. And then this year you had a different conference as well. Now we did look into getting a table this last year, but apparent or for this con, but apparently we were not early enough because they were all gone. So um, we did get some press passes. So Shaylee and I checked out the con on Sunday. I did wear was smart to wear my Kybercast swag, represent the shirt. Uh, and anybody even notice it? <laughs> Shaylee. Oh, <yeah. laughs> Now, she didn't have a shirt, but she did wear one of our stickers right there on her chest. Boom. That's all she had? That's really kind of weird. I hope she had a shirt on. Well, no, she had a shirt on too, smartass. Anyway, oh, you said she didn't have a shirt. Sorry. Not a Kybercast shirt, no. Got Sorry. it. So we wandered around about, took some pictures. It was mostly, uh, you know, I've noticed this at other cons. It's mostly just people selling geek stuff, right? Yeah. Uh, some of the panels looked interesting. They didn't really have a lot of media guests that I was super into, but I'm starting to wonder now if the cons are now shifting or have been shifting more to a Gen X, not Gen X, uh, Millennial, because they had the original Red Ranger there from Power Rangers, and the line to see him was down the hall. Oh, that's good. So good good for him. Um, But obviously that's not something I grew up with, was of no interest to me. But Well, I don't know if they're shifting. It's about who you can get, right? I mean... True. If they if they said here's the cast of Andor, it doesn't matter if you're Gen X or <laughs> you're gonna go. True, least, I'm true, gonna true, go true. watch. I'm gonna watch that panel. But you know, Gr Comic Con is not gonna get the cast of Andor or whatever. Right. But if we get like Dirk Benedict, I mean, I, I'm I'm assuming we see a lot more people our age than millennials and Gen Z and whatnot. Was Dirk Benedict there? No, I'm just oh, saying oh, he gotcha. does do con- he used to do cons. Sure. I met him in Chicago. He. uh Good thing he's not bitter. But anyway. <laughs> Is he mad? Oh, well, he wasn't asked to come back to the, you know, the rebooted uh, Battlestar back in 2003, 2004. I got it. It's been 20 years. Well, in fairness, um, Apollo was. Yeah, but he's really the only one. But he was. Like, I could get it. Like, why'd you pick him? I was just as big of a star. Richard Hatch? Yeah. 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 And then he was uh, a little salty that uh, Starbuck was now a woman. Well, but that's anyway. that's neither here nor there, but I think yeah. it would have been cool to bring him back. I mean, pay homage to the people is always cool. No question, no question. But I did, uh, I did talk to at least a couple publishers, uh, one of which was, let me, well, I got some books. I got The Cult of Dracula, which I'm showing Joe. People can't see this, but I got Cult of Dracula. Looks like a cool Arrest cover. for the Wicked. And then a book called Terra Quill Expedition One. Now, this is all from a publisher here in Michigan over by Saginaw called Source Point Press. So I spoke to Elle there, so I'd like to give her a shout out in case she listens to this episode. I will I haven't had a chance to read these comics yet, but I will at least have read at least one of them by next week, so I can give her all right, next week's Thanksgiving. By our next episode. Uh, so we can give them a proper, sh- proper shout out. Um, they said that this book, this Cult of Dracula, is one of their more popular books. So all three of these books were given to me just when I explained who we are, what we do. She's like, take some of these. Let us know what you think. So I am going to do that. So thanks again, L from Source Point Press. Appreciate it. Um, but this other book, the Terra Quill book I got, she said that's more indicative of kind of like the stuff they usually do. So... I'll read them, Joe. I can all, I can always hand them over to you if you want to take a look at them, and uh, we'll check them out. And it, what's not cool about supporting a, a local comic book press here, right in Michigan? Yeah. Did you maybe talk them into having a interview or anything like that, or come on the show? Um, well, it's kind of weird. So, from what I gather, and they can correct me if we get them on the air. I spoke to L. She's uh, one of the people that works there. She's she maintains all their social media, and they're kind of like the way she described it. They're kind of like a collective. They're not like uh, Marvel or DC and or maybe even Dark Knight or Dark Horse comics. Um, okay. 
they work with, and they're not even, they're not even image. I, but they're, they're smaller, like they, they work together. They're a bunch of artists and they try to support each other and get their stuff published. So, um, I do have contact information for, for her and yeah, I'll be reaching out to her and we can see once I read some of this stuff, we can see if there's any of the creators we want to talk to and stuff like that. So cool. yeah, Source Point Press right here in Michigan over by Saginaw. Um, Method Methicon, very nice people. Uh, so quick plug to them. I also had time to speak to Heather Antos. I don't know if you know who Heather is. I know that name. How do I know she, that name? Um, she used to be a editor at Marvel Comics. Okay. She is one of the creators of Gwenpool. I don't know if you know who Gwenpool is. I would assume a Gwen Stacy version of Deadpool. It is. Yep. From an alternate <laughs> universe. Very good, Joe. Though it's in the name. You can probably figure it out. <laughs> yeah, I was, I'm not as stupid as I look. But she was also one of the editors on the Darth Vader and Star Wars books when they first came over to Marvel. So uh, you can thank her for Black Chrysanthemum and Dr. Aphra. Oh, nice. Yeah, which, as you know, well, Black Chrysanthemum obviously was in this last season of this first season of Boba Fett. And uh, Dr. Aphra, personal favorite character of mine in the comics. I keep waiting for a live action version, kind of like how people have probably waited what, for 10, 15 years to see a live-action version of Ahsoka? That's how I feel about Dr. Afra. Well, did you ask? You should have been there. Are you getting any interviews from these people, Michael? Did you, did you, did you try to say, hey, we got this? Yes. In fact, uh, Joe, if you check the KyberCast email, there are several dates from us to pick coming in January where we can sit down and talk to Heather Antos on our podcast. Oh, I didn't, I'm not logged into ours, so that's awesome news. Yeah. So coming sometime in January, we're going to have the one the only Heather Antos on the Kybercast. How did that conversation happen? Like, how did, how did you say, how did you say, Hey, we have a podcast. She's probably, yeah, everybody has a podcast. Well, uh, she was an artist alley. She, uh, even though she's a comic book editor, she still does commissions and does some drawing herself. She doesn't um, like professionally draw comics, but she's, she's a very good artist. Right. So uh, she, she did a couple cute little drawings that she had posted on her uh, Instagram. Again, with black Chrysanthemum, and Dr. Afra. Uh, some Gwenpool, some of the characters, you know, that I've mentioned already, other little cool Star War, uh, Star Trek or Star Wars things. But now that she, she's an editor right now, a senior editor at IDW. Yeah, great which, place. Yeah. Yep. Who, it kind of just came up like, oh, Heather Antos said, you know, said hi, um, said I loved her work, loved, you know, what she's done, and I loved her sketches. And I said, you're still IDW, right? She said, yeah. I said, you're a senior editor? She said, yeah. I said, we just interviewed Scott Dunbeer, who is the special collections editor. So we chit-chatted about that and uh, just said, hey, you know, you're a, you're a woman in the geek field. You're a Star Trek, you know, you're a Star Trek fan. You're a Star Wars fan uh, because IDW also does Star Trek comics now. Uh, on top of that, they do some of the, like, the Star Wars stories or adventures for Marvel. They print them for Marvel. Marvel licenses it out to them for the younger version comics. So she's she's on top of all that. So we just kind of talked. I said, you know, if you have some time, we'd, we'd love love for you to, you know, we're a local podcast. This is what we do. We're Star Wars focused. You know, the whole rigmarole, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. She seemed up for it. Uh, she asked me to contact her through her webpage. Uh, because she says, you know, DMs to either Twitter or Instagram. She just doesn't bother with those because yeah, a lot of them are fair. bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Of so I contacted her through a webpage. She contacted us the next day. Oh, wow. That's cool. Long story short, we've got some dates to pick. So we'll talk about that offline, Joe. But yeah, coming in January, once again, we will be talking to Heather Antos, comic book geek extraordinaire. That's going to be cool. Good job. Michael did some work. I did some work and earned that press pass. Or in that press pass. Other than that, like I said, um, I bought $60 worth of comics, which meant I bought 12 trade paperbacks. Yeah. I found the $5 trade table and I went crazy. It was, it was, they were like $6 each, but they were like four for 20. So, of course, I had to go in, you know, multiples of four. I got to nine. I was like, I got to find three more. So I got to 12, bought a huge stack of comics, um, mostly runs. Like I got the three Hit Girl trades. I bought some uh, ex, uh, Exiles, which was rebooted recently over as part of the whole new 
X line over there going at Marvel. Just a whole stack of stuff that I, I'm probably going to sit on my shelf for too long before I read it because I think I still got trades from last year that I bought that I haven't read yet. Uh, because that's what I do as a geek. I buy geek stuff and don't have time to read it all. But I'm going to try. If it keeps if it keeps snowing, we're not going to be able to go anywhere anyways, and you'll be you'll be ready to go. Now, exactly. thankfully, I've got uh, uh, a generator in case things really go bad. But uh, same here. So. You know, for hold in, we'll make it. So yeah, kind of was a good time. It's always a good time. I bought some other little knickknacks. I uh, bought some stickers. Bought a. I, I'm not into minifigs, typically, but uh, I don't know if you can see this, Joe. I'll hold it up to the camera. That is a minifig. <laughs> it looks like a Lego. It is. It's uh, custom made. Captain Marvel. What is that? Nope, you're not too far off. This is Booster Gold. Oh, I don't know who that is. Exactly. He's a DC hero. Uh, he's he's definitely C or D grade as far as heroes go, but I love him. He uh, he had his own title in the 80s. Nothing really came of it. I think it was canceled within two years, but his claim to fame was he, uh, in the 80s, they rebooted the Justice League. Um, well, they just rebooted it as Justice League, and they brought in all these, like, mid to low tier heroes to make the Justice League. Batman was originally part of him for a little bit, but he left after a few issues. And even he couldn't well, take it, huh? Well yeah he couldn't because even, like, even Batman. Are idiots. Yeah. <laughs> but the writing on that series was hilarious. It was hilarious. But it also action packed. It was one of my favorite runs of comics of all time. And Booster Gold um became best friends with another comic book character, the original Blue Beetle. All right. That's coming out too. Isn't Blue Beetle coming out on something? Yes, but they've... The, the current Blue Beetle is nothing like the original. This is the Ted Cord Blue Beetle. There was another Blue Beetle that he, his powers come from aliens and blah, blah, blah. They basically rebooted him. But anyway, Booster Gold and Blue Beetle are two of my all-time favorite characters from the 80s Justice League. They're very niche, very, if you know, you know. And when I found the Booster Gold, I was like, I have to find a Blue Beetle now. And I bought them. I spent more than, I think I spent five bucks each on them. Okay. So, no, four, because you could buy five for 20 bucks. So I also bought some others that I don't need, but I bought. But those are the two that I really had to have. Got it. And that's that was my Comic-Con. Good. Sounds fun. Well, you know, it's good that GR has a Comic-Con. I... I would suggest anybody listens to this podcast, knowing that we're from this area, they should attend it if they can. Let's keep them uh, going. I hate to lose that little entity there. Uh, but I also like to see us go to the Detroit Comic Con, which is, I think is in May, something like that, um, as a booth. We should probably look into that soon, I suppose. Yeah, I'll look um, into that. Let's do it. What is it, the Motor City Comic Con in May? Or Motor, yeah, yeah, Motor City Comic Con. Um, I don't know if they do two or three uh of them or one. Um, so I'm not quite sure. Uh, to do, I guess it's in October. So it's October. Well, they don't have a new, they don't have next year's in here. So, um, I don't see the date. Probably not going in May then. <laughs> well, clearly they haven't, they haven't set the new one up. So we shall see. I thought it was in the summertime for some reason. Um, I don't know. Alrighty, well, let's jump into our main topic, number two, um, Andor's 10 and 11, since we didn't talk about 10 and 11. Uh, we talked about 10 last week. Did we? Yeah, it was the prison break. Oh, yeah, the prison break. That's right. So uh, this one goes to 11, is which I put for the thing. <laughs> We're on 11. Um, dude, I really like this episode. Oh, yeah, it's... Fantastic. This whole series has been a slow burn and it's really starting to pay off. It's still, but it's not crazy action, which, you know, it is, but this was a really fun, this had a lot of Star Wars elements in it that I really liked. You had aliens, goofy aliens that, that caught them. Now, did I like those aliens? Not so much. I guess my, my, my same problem I always have with like the new version of Star Wars is like, there's so many to choose from that George has in canon. Can't you just pick one and use one of those? You don't always have to create new. That's fair. 
I mean, no one, no, no one alien has ever got its due in any of George Lucas's things. So they're there. It's like two hammerheads. Give me, give me two, uh, uh, Nemoidians, you know, it doesn't have to be like a bunch of uncar plots. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, we did get a hammerhead. Well, I forget their race's we name. We did. We Ichthor- did get one of those. Ichthorian or something like that. Ich- yeah. Something Ichthor- like that. Uh, so, yeah, you know, whatever. You're right. These aliens, they were, you know, they're throwaway. That's fine. But the one thing I do like about this, don't get me wrong. Um, you know, the digital stuff they do, they dude, the, the digital stuff they did for Obi-Wan, what's that called? The, uh, what's their, uh, else giant screens called again? The, the, Oh, the, Oh, great. Now I'm not going to remember it. Um, I don't know. We'll look it up. I, I, for, because I would have known it until you asked me. I want to say it's the void, but it's not, it's not the void. It's the, uh, anyway, <laughs> the point is, yeah, it's on the tip of my tongue and any other time of the day, I could tell you what it is a thousand times, but now that I have to say it on air, no idea what it's called, but right. I will give Andor this. I love that everything is so far, not everything, but the vast majority of stuff is practical effects. Right. And it just makes it more lived in and real. And even though, yeah, these were not Star Wars aliens that I'm ever going to go back and go, oh my God, these are so cool. The girl of the Gomorian Garage right now. I'll probably never reference these aliens ever again. Right. It was practical and it was fun. Yeah, I, I think it's, uh, the, the, but you know what? Gamorian Guards would have been awesome <laughs> if they if they did that. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, I would, I mean, that would have been way more, I don't know. I guess it would be considered, you know, fan service or whatever. Um, but I don't know. I, I think just a little bit more would, would be cool, you know, to me, if, if they would have brought that forward uh, a little more. But um, anyways. Well, now that we've drifted off. Well, well this episode. It's the volume. That's what it's called. Oh, the, the volume. volume. <laughs> That's right. I knew it was coming to me. I didn't need to say it. Did you find it? Or did you look it up? Oh, we're going to look it up. And as I was starting to type it, I was like, oh, it's the volume. Oh, there you go. Well, Prevagen's working. Um, <laughs> so it starts off when we find out right away that Marva dies, which they've been leading up to it. She's been sick or whatever. In uh, that droid, can you find any more emotion in the planet than that freaking droid? <laughs> B2 emo or whatever. <laughs> B2 emo. The funny thing is, God, I felt for the little guy. It was heartbreaking. He didn't want to be alone. No. God. It, it was it's crazy that they got a droid to have that much emotion. Like honestly. You know, and they, they, they hinted at this in solo that you know droids have emotions, but they're also basically considered a second class citizen. Right. And some people treat them like shit. And some people actually treat them as sentient beings that they are. Right. It's something, at some point, if they haven't already, because again, I don't read the books or the comics as much, but I have to believe at some point someone in one of these books is going to really have to explore the the plight and uh, just how how the droids are treated within the Star Wars universe because it is, it's almost basically a, it's an analogy for slavery in so many forms. Exactly. But the point of this one being so emotional was really something. Um, and yeah. then what they, what the, is it Ferrix? Ferrix, is that the the planet? Yeah. What what they do with their dead, they turn them into bricks. You know. They, that's a really bizarre Interesting. I wonder if he found that in some old culture somewhere that the, that he pulled into this. Uh, right. Well, what's interesting about this show is that they're doing all kinds of different things to show us the many. I mean, I get it. There are thousands, if not millions, of cultures within the the galaxy, hundreds at least. Right. And all we've really seen so far is, I mean, yeah, there, we've seen aspects of it, but we, we've seen tattooing far too many times. You know, we've seen, you know, what it's like to be working on Tatooine. But the other thing we've also seen is, you know, royalty, like with, you know, Princess Leia and all that and with Queen Amidala. 
you know, we've seen kind of both sides, like the, basically the people just trying to grind it out and live. And then we've seen the aristocracy and then we've seen the empire, which it's order. This is how it is. It's fascist, blah, blah, blah. And it's interesting to see these different cultures and how they contrast against the empire. And it really kind of informs why the rebellion even happens. We see, you know, the eye yeah. on that planet. And, you know, the natives used to go there to observe the eye. Right. In hundreds and thousands. And now there's, you know, not as many left. And the empire is just going to move them all off world after that last one. And it's never going to be a thing again. They're destroying the culture. It's a form of maybe not genocide, but close to it because you're removing the culture from these people, right? Absolutely. Stripping them of any identity, right? And we're seeing that, you know, maybe not the stripping of that, or, well, like you said, with Ferrix, they take their dead, they turn them to ash, they mix them into the mortar, and they become bricks. So everything, everything there is a monument and testament to everything that came before. Right. So it's ironic when, you know, you look back on it now and the Empire took over that hotel, but really it's literally built on the backs of the people of Ferrix. Right. And likewise, you have uh, Mon Mothma. She may not like her traditions of right. her people, but they're their traditions. And you see that her daughter is very devout in whatever faith they have. And that's really what this show is about and shows us why the rebellion exists. Because people have their beliefs, they have their cultures, they have their customs, and they're theirs. Whether or not you know they're devout or not, like me, I'm Polish, okay? I'm also part Mexican. There are things about both cultures I like. I really get into some of the things, but I'm, I don't know how to dance a polka very well. <laughs> but there are aspects, you know, of the cultures that I like and I appreciate and I celebrate. I'm sure I mean, there's, there's some things in your, uh, in Greek and whatever else you are. Right. In that, Everything, those cultures. right. Yeah. But if someone just said, you're not allowed to do that anymore. Who the fuck are you? And that's basically what the Empire is doing. Right. And if you tell people they can't do something, you're going to piss them off and they're going to want to do it even more. Well, I mean, you 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 kind of segued in a bit on on uh, my Mothma situation where where it's the irony of her daughter. It, it does like or wants to be part of the, the old culture and the offer that she's been given. So right, does she do so, it? Is she do it anyways? Then because I mean, her daughter's going to do it if she says no. Her daughter's going to do it anyways. Well, Get I think it's pretty obvious by this episode that I mean, as it's going to happen. So yeah. resolute at yeah. the end of last episode, she was not going to allow her daughter to be betrothed. But her, her daughter seems to want this. Well, not only to that, but that might make, make the pill easier, easier to swallow for Mothma. But let's face it. She has no other option. Right. Well, if she doesn't, then they'll kill the whole family, right? The emperor, I would assume. Exactly. They're not going to think, oh, you were the only one that was bad. They're going to kill her and her husband. She doesn't care about her husband so much. (laughs) But her daughter, yes. Um, And that's the other thing um, this show is really good at. She is basically, you know, she's like Abraham giving up his son. Here she is giving up her daughter. She's... Everyone has to give something and lose something in the rebellion. And they're all giving these things up in the hope of a better world. Right. She's giving yeah. up her daughter. Um, Luther went on about he's given up everything. And now, even though he's not part of the rebellion yet, Andor has you know lost his sister, lost his adoptive mother. You know, he's losing everything. Yes. So, not that I want to necessarily diss Boba Fett. <laughs> Go ahead, diss. But in this show, the flashbacks aren't, aren't nearly as plentiful as they are in Boba Fett. But in Boba Fett, you could have literally just edited them into one long scene. We could have seen all that and then jumped to the present. And it wouldn't change much. What I'm saying is the the... Uh, what do they call them? Uh, back when he's in the back to tanks, what do we call them? 
Back to oh, oh, it was, flashbacks. Yeah. Flashbacks, yeah. When he had those flashbacks, it, it filled in some of his past, but it really those flashbacks, as we call them, really weren't. They they didn't really help the current storyline very much. Whereas anytime there's something flashback on here, like you know, um, you know, there's a scene I think where they show him sleeping and he's wakened up, and then they show him in the cell and he's woken up, and you see these flashbacks all kind of tie into the now. Right. Again, there are not nearly as many of them in this show, but this show is just so much. It's it's far far better written, and they're using these motifs and different, you know, just even how they, they've, how it's shot in certain scenes. Um, when you have fell show up at the, um, at the shop yep. and they show them not in, in the same scene together, they keep going from one to the other, even though they're right across from each other, it creates this physical barrier where you can see that they're separate. And then as the discussion continues, they move into the same frame and you see, oh, they're on the same page now. There's so much going on with how this is shot, how it's written. I'm just, Robert Rodriguez, don't get me wrong, I like him. Uh, there's some things of his I love, but I see what they're doing on this show. And I'm sorry, Rodriguez was not the best fit for Boba Fett. This, no, this is I so mean, much better. It, I, you know, listen, it's different. It's not as light. You know, it's a, it's a different show. I, I understand both sides of why people wouldn't like it if, they, if they're if they Star Wars fans, because it's like, is it even Star Wars? Um, But I understand. But I, I mean, I particularly like it. And, I, and, you know, I don't know. I There's people that beat up on Obi-Wan show and there's people that beat up like I enjoy all of them. But I'll tell you if it's not great. But I still, it's like pizza. Like I said, if that's still pizza, and right, um, and and, I, and I'm glad we get these things. I would hate to have if it was still with Lucas, we would have none of this. We, well, have nothing, we would have nothing. Um. So, anyways, I, I, I you know, getting back to this particular episode, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, the scenes were with Luthen and saw Guerrera was just amazing. Oh, that was a great, great part of the episode. It's really, really dug into it. And you start to see the cracking of saw Guerrera a bit, um, where he, the distrust becomes where you, where you know where he ends up in rogue one, or he didn't trust anybody except for tubes. I didn't know that guy's name was tubes, but it's funny now. That's his nickname. Yeah. He actually has a real name. Uh, but I love that Luthen just calls him tubes. Um, Luthen's the best character of this freaking series. It's my- he is. But you're right. You know, he, you can see that Saw doesn't trust anyone as it is now. And then right. Luthen comes in and gives With him the- even more reason to distrust. And like you said, in Rogue One, here you have an Imperial, Imperial pilot come to pledge allegiance to your cause, and he still doesn't trust him and puts him with that creature that's going to make him go insane. Exactly. Borgullet. Um, the thing that's interesting, though, well, not interesting, is they had to make that decide, that that sacrifice. And Luthen tells him, like, this is going to happen. Uh, Krieger's team is going to go, and we're going to we're going to let them go. Um, because if we don't, then this and this will happen. You know, if if they feel that they've won, then we have a, a clear runway or whatever. Uh, but if we call them off, then they're not going to, you know, the, the Empire will get we'll know there's a leak and things are happening. So, uh, but what's interesting was that saw goes, what if it was me? And and, and basically, yeah, well, the same thing would happen. (laughs) You know, this is the way the rebellion is going to work. And, and saw finally comes around. It just so happened. Saw you're on the other side of the coin this time, this time. And it's, you know, uh, 30, 30 men. Well, and, and Krieger, they say that twice. I know. <laughs> kind of a, kind of a weird. And Krieger. Uh, and Krieger. So like, he's not counting as the. Well, didn't uh, Saw the last time call him like a boar or a pig or something? Yeah, I can't remember. Something along those lines. But um, it's a very good scene of, you know, are they going to come together? Are they not going to come together? And, and here they are um, 
making that decision. But then he takes off in what has now become one of the coolest ships on, in Star Wars. Oh, fucking badass, it's a, the it? James Bond ship of uh, Star Wars. Instead of oil slicks, it shot that shit out of the back to to kill the uh, tractor beam. That was an awesome scene. Oh, great. Well, first we got to see the, the ship. Uh, it's from an old Star Wars uh, design for the Star Destroyer, which they obviously didn't use. It oh, yeah, was, the, yeah, yeah, the big ship, you mean, yeah. Yeah. Um, it was uh, it was briefly seen in Solo. In a, oh, was it? Yep, in, a, in one of those Holo videos, you know, kind of uh, advertising the Empire, join the Empire, blah, blah, blah. Oh, right, oh, right, oh, right. It showed that class of ship. But to actually see it on the screen, oh, it was so cool. Yeah, and those then, guys, the, yeah, the, the Imperial the guys were, were hilarious. Just like oh, yeah. Total Imperials. Uh, do you want to let him go? No, let's practice. Okay, well, you fucked up. <laughs> now you're really going to be in trouble. Yes. Oh, and just the way, I mean, it's such a simple yet elegant solution. Just basically fire off hundreds of metal flechettes. Right. And the tractor beam is going to pull those in much faster and destroy itself. Yeah. But that ship was so cool. The the Fondor, I think it's called. But what are those uh, like little lightsabers that come out where he just spun around and got those TIE fighters? That was badass, too. It was pretty freaking sweet. That's a sweet ship. That, I mean, that gunning is very accurate. As soon as the gun pops out, he takes out the TIE bomber. Like, yeah. boom, immediately. He took the Falcon how many times? Like, Luke, like, 50 times. Right. And he's like, I got him. And Hanzo, like, great. Yeah, don't get cocky. Don't get cocky, kid. Can we, can we see this? Stellan Skarsgård is a freaking delight on this show. And I'm sorry he was wasted in the MCU. I liked him in the MCU. He was fine. In the first Thor, but then that one, he was all right. Well, they showed him running around crazy. Running That's what I liked about him. Like he went, he like that actor. Like actually took him to some nutball situations. They thought he was nuts, but I mean, you got to remember he had a god in his head, so not everybody can react very well. True, true. But he is, God, he's so he's very talented. But I mean, he is great in this show. He's, he's. I hope he lives through. Like, I'm assuming that him and Andor have to meet again, right? Right, because now it's all about trying to get Andor back into the fold before he's assassinated. Well, they were going to assassinate him, so yeah, he made the he made the call to do that. But I think he's, uh, I think his hope is, if I can get Andor to join us, I don't have to kill him. But if he won't, he's dead. I don't even know if they're talking about that yet. It's, it's going to happen somehow. Uh, look, all, it looks like all points are going to point to Ferrix, right? Yeah, everything, everyone. Is heading to Ferrix this last episode. Everyone, but it would be funny if if Andor doesn't. And there's just a battle there without even Andor there. It'll be kind of interesting. But in my head, it's like I feel like the Empire needs to think that Andor's dead because or something's going to happen where because they use his name so brazenly in Rogue One, and if he's wanted, like we said last time, like something's got to happen with his identity or something. Yeah, they'd be looking for him. I mean, right now, he's like number one. He's like. One of the first most wanted right now. Yeah, I mean, you stole payroll from the Empire and then you escaped from an unescapable prison. Well, they don't know about him stealing the the payroll part of it. Well, okay, that's true, but uh, what's it's his name? Coincidental at this point. Right. What's his face? Um, Cyril. Cyril, yes. Thank you. Which he's clearly, clearly, he, he, clearly he took money and is going to go there because he yeah, wants He's to heading back to Ferris, no question. Everyone's. That's the thing, though. Andor logically should not head back to Ferrix. No, he should be smarter than that. His his quote unquote mother, she's already dead. There's, there's nothing you can do. Why there's go? Nothing. Unless he really wants B2 emo. So, in a way, this is a little bit of a Deus ex machina, right? It's a MacGuffin. Let's right. force him back there. He doesn't need to go back. So, like I said, I'm loving this show. It's. I think it's gotten better every single episode, but it's not perfect in that. But no show is right. No show, no movie. There's always something you're like, well, then you don't yeah. really got to do that. Right. There's no reason for Andor to go back to Ferrix, but he's going to because it serves the story and it's going to make a fantastic climax. Probably and the I'm most. Sure, yeah, I'll say the most perfect script is probably Back to the Future. <laughs> the first movie. Oh my anyway. god, I don't think I can argue with that. And I think that's a fantastic. I think you just proved me wrong, Joe. <laughs> 
But that said, yes, that was one of the most badass Star Wars scenes ever. This felt, I mean, this this episode really felt more Star Wars than ever. You had aliens, you had a great space battle, you had uh, uh, choices of, you know, good or bad or some things. And there's a lot of, you see the sacrifice, you see the tense nature of each person's decisions. Uh, just a great, just a really good story. And, and again, that one was uh, Tony Gilroy wrote that one and he wrote the last one. Um, I feel like the last two are kind of working on their own. They're not a, obviously not a three. You're know, a dyad of episodes. A dyad. Uh, I, you know, I don't know what to expect. I mean, we, we well, the good thing is we saw um, Andor get his stuff. So he's got the manifesto that he opened up real quick, and you heard that yep. kid's voice. You heard that kid's voice, right? His voice yep. came up. Um, so that's going to mean something, which is about time. I wonder if they're going to pay that off or not. Uh, I mean, clearly Gilroy's a better writer. We know they're going to pay it off, but just there was a, quite a bit of gap in between, which was prison. Um. I have, I guess the only thing I can say is I don't know where it's going to end other than, like I said, they're going to at least be a ragtag of a few people that are going to come together and go to some base. And preferably, like uh, like I said, Dantooine or something like that would be interesting. One thing I wanted to point out. So we saw hundreds, hundreds, if not thousands of prisoners escape. There's got to be more than just those two guys, the Melshi and him. Well, it makes me wonder because... Like, they happen to stumble on, you know, some fishermen that let them, took them off world because they hate the Empire. Right. But how many ships come to this prison planet? You know the Empire is not going to let people come all the time. No. No, it might be only one section of the planet that they're, you know, doing this prison. They're maybe keeping a hush-hush. It, it is a little bit of easy writing. Well, there'll just be two fishermen there. It go. is. But, but you have to do something. What I didn't realize, I don't know if you knew this, but Mishi, that's how you say his name, right? Uh, oh, uh, yeah, he's in row one. Did you know that already? Yeah. I didn't recognize him. He's a beard, I think, in Rogue One, if I remember. Yeah, and he's obviously there on Scarif when they're doing the assault. Yeah. And I was like, I didn't realize they connected that well. I did not put two and two together until this. Oh, and time. they said his name in, in the in the prison. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> I guess I should have brought that up. I, well, I didn't. I what soldiers? The only ones I knew were the you know, the pilot, you know, played by Raz Ahmed. Well, also the um, I believe the the informant that that the Andor kills. No, no, the informant that uh, Luthen talks to in Episode Ten. He's in Rogue One as the communications guy, I believe. Well, no, I need to go look that up. I, I remember the actor's name. Uh, I, I believe. I believe so, though. Um, forgot the the character's name, but uh, if you want, I mean, you can look it up, I suppose. But um, I forget what is his name. It's Eulerian. You with a U. Eulerian. Hmm. I don't know. Don't know. I'm pretty sure that he's that he's the communications person in 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 Rogue One, but I'm not positive. I thought he was. No, I need to go back and check that out. That seems kind of like a demotion, though, to go from the ISB to communication officer. Well, he's a plant, right? Which means he lives, which is a good thing for right, you know. right. But how do you get in the ISB and then your communication guy? That seems like a huge demotion. Well, I'll check. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back and watch now. Yeah, I don't know. You know what? It does bring up a question. How will this show change Rogue One? In oh, your head? Like, no, no, but it makes you think differently. You know more backstory. You know more characters of how he got there. And it's just, I think it's going to change a little bit more like, you know, from when he shoots the guy in in the the spire or whatever that place is called. Um, I think uh, I think what we're going to see, well, I I think we're just going to see and or be more and more ruthless as this series moves on to the second season because that's it. There's two seasons. From there, we know it's Rogue One, and we see Rogue One, he softens at the end. That's his, that's right. his repentance, you know, right before he dies. Yes. Yes, so, yes. 
I see him getting harder. I see him getting colder because he's losing everything. Yeah. Um, and I'll even go so far as to think, say, I think he's going to find his sister and she's going to die. I I don't think, I think that's just a, um, a, a fake MacGuffin, so to speak. I don't, I don't think you don't, I don't, he's ever going to find his sister. I, I don't, I haven't brought it up yet. I, I mean, maybe, but I don't, I don't think that's really the crux of the show, you know? No, but he he has lost a lot already. Or maybe maybe that's it. Maybe that's his loss that he just can't recover, and maybe he'll never find her. Maybe, maybe. I mean, I guess he would he would he be the um the last person to um come from that planet? Then are they all dead? Right. You know, he's going to want to go back at some point. Right. But will we see that in the second season? Because we, you know what, we don't even know how long the second season is going to be. Is it going to be twelve more episodes? We don't know. Uh, but yeah, it's twelve episodes. Oh, it is. Okay, yeah, so what, that's what Gilroy said. Yeah, it's a finite number of episodes. Fine. Yes, exactly. So, I don't know. Fantastic show. I loved it. It wasn't, and I love that it wasn't even all action. It was just a few months of action. But man, it like you said. This was the most Star Wars feeling show yet, and I don't know if I loved it more because it took so long to get there and it really wet my appetite for this, but I think looking back on this show, now that we've gotten to this point, because you're always going with expectations and assumptions, and you try not to, but you're going to. Yeah, and I don't, but I don't for this, I didn't have, I just said I thought it was going to be good, so I don't really necessarily have huge expectations, not like, not like, not like Obi-Wan. Right. Right, but the more I look back on this, the more I'm like, I appreciate how slow it's gone because it's really built a vibrant world with characters that I care about. But also, you're seeing not only that the Rebellion is coming to be, but the whys and the very real reasons as to why people would rebel, and it makes it relatable. Right. Right, right, right. Uh. It's, it's, you know, I don't know how it's going to end, how, how the season's going to end, um, but then I guess we won't see it for what, two more years, so by the time they're done shooting. and It's going to be a bit. It's going to be a bit, so at least we had something. At least we had something. Uh, what else? Anything we miss? I think that's it. All right. Well, why don't you let people know what they can say to us about and or is it good Star Wars? Is it good? Is it bad Star Wars? Uh, but a good show, you know, I'd like to know what, what uh, some of the fans are thinking. Well, they can let us know by going to either Instagram or Twitter. You can find us at KyberCast. Or if Facebook is more your style, we have both a group and a page at the KyberCast. And if you would like to help out the show, go to patreon.com slash KyberCast and maybe put something there, but the best way to help out the show is to smash that subscribe button. That's right. I keep saying it every week, like every other podcast that you listen to. If you listen to it all the way to the end, do all those cool things. Uh, Tell your friends about the show, please. That really helps leave a review. That helps as well. Uh, They can check us out at any of pretty much any of the podcatchers that are out there for now until the empire takes that over Uh, or go to our website. Uh, Kybercast.com has all of our shows streaming right through there via SoundCloud. So you don't even need a podcatcher. You can just go right to our our website or send your friend to our website. And if they don't have a podcatcher, they can check us out there. One more. Yeah, one more Andor left. And then I don't know what's going to happen for the rest of the year. It's going to be like shutdown time. I don't know when Bad Patch is coming out soon. So it's January. Oh, is it January? Yeah, I think it's January. So, So a month off of Star Wars new stuff. Uh, nothing yeah, so uh, I don't know if there's going to be an episode. If it is, it's not going to be until later next week because we're going to watch Andor wrap that up. Well, I was going to say, the only time we might have an episode is if Michael and I see Black Panther before Tuesday. Yeah, good if, call. If, if, we, if, we, if we both see it somehow before Tuesday, then maybe we can have a, a podcast. Uh, a special episode. So, yeah, very special. I did want to say one last time uh, before we get off this uh, podcast. Again, a shout out 
to Source, Source Point Press and Al there for hooking me up on the comics. Uh, Joe and I will read them, and we'll, uh, we'll, if they're fantastic, which I suspect they are, we'll give good plugs. And also, thanks to Heather Antos for taking the time to talk to me at the con. Look forward to having her on the show sometime in January. Yeah, that'll be sweet. All right, well, until next week, or some whenever we record, if we don't record next week, have a great holiday weekend, Thanksgiving, get that food. Uh, don't watch the Lions uh, like I will. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> anyways, until next time, this is the way. I have spoken. What a piece of junk. Boring conversation anyway.